0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Whoop podcast, where we sit down with top athletes, scientists, experts, and more to learn what the best in the world are doing to perform at their peak. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. You can learn more about Whoop at whoop.com. You can sign up for a Whoop membership. If you use the code Will Ahmed, W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, you will get 15% off. We are fresh off a week of the CrossFit Games, so that's the theme for today's episode. Christian Harris joins us, one of the most recognizable names in CrossFit. First, I want to congratulate newly crowned CrossFit Games champions Justin Medeiros and Tia Claire Toomey. Also, big congratulations to Team Mayhem Freedom on bringing home the prize on the team Side, We love the CrossFit community. I have to say it's very cool for me just to see all the different CrossFit competitors wearing Whoop. And of course, Whoop is proud to be the official wearable of CrossFit. Christian Harris sat down with our own Mike Lombardi at the CrossFit Games to discuss coaching, culture building and leadership. Christian talks candidly about his team's disqualification from the games this year after one member tested positive for a banned substance and why he thinks his team move fast, lift heavy, will come back stronger for next year's games. He also shares his philosophies on balancing performance, work, and family and why keeping a regimented schedule is one of the most important keys to success. Without further ado, here is Christian and Mike.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the Whoop Podcast. I'm Mike Lombardi, live at the CrossFit Games with Christian Harris. You've probably seen Christian following you around the internet. Uh, he is a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete. He owns Move Fast, Live Heavy and based in New York. Yep, Long Island, New York. Hell yeah. So, Christian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I gave you the easy bio. Give me, give, <laughs> give me your bio.
2: Uh, So my bio, I am 34. Uh, I've been in the CrossFit space for just about 10 years now. Uh, This fall, I'll be in there for 10 years. Prior to that, I played sports my entire life, baseball, football, basketball. Played football at a D2 school, uh, CW Post. Played wide receiver there. After my time there, uh, I started working at a place called Parisi Speed School, which is a speed and agility type training facility. And one of my coworkers workers there, uh, his name's Greg, he uh, kept telling me about this thing called CrossFit, and I kept telling him how dumb it was, and how <laughs> stupid it was, and blah, blah, blah. And after a year, I finally tried to work out, and uh, like most people that try CrossFit, they get hooked. And that was me. And here we are.
1: What was the shift like for you? Uh, going from that sort of like team sport mentality and then finally making your way to CrossFit. Obviously, you had a Greg introduce you and hesitant like basically every person ever that played a team sport at a, at a high level is. Do you remember what the first workout was that you were like, okay, I can do this and I like it?
2: So it was a workout called Fight Gone Bad. I think oh, everybody's damn. pretty familiar with it. <laughs> just, just walk people
1: through it because uh, not everybody knows CrossFit.
2: So Fight Gone Bad is an interval style workout. So... Just off of that, it was something that kind of intrigued me just because I've done interval style training. Um, so it's a workout. There's five movements, box jumps. There's, there's sumo wall. deadlift high pull. Wall ball. There's wall ball. There's push, push press. press. And maybe rowing for calories. Yeah, rowing for cows. Yep. And then there's a minute rest, and you repeat that for three rounds, and you're trying to get as many reps as possible each minute for each movement. As um, soon as I finish the workout, I'm dead on the floor, sprawled out, and I'm like, I need this
1: (laughs) (laughs) quick 15 minutes of work. Yeah. You're like, okay, I get it. I understand what this is about.
2: So, I mean, when I tell you I was hooked pretty much the next day, I looked up CrossFit level one training seminars. Um, I booked one in Brooklyn, got my level one, started working at the gym and like, that's how quick I got hooked onto it.
1: And when did you decide to open your own affiliate?
2: I'm trying to think back. It was when I got injured, Um, I tore my pec for the first time at the OC Throwdown. Um, I believe it was 2014 or 2015. And, you know, when you have a significant injury like that, obviously you're not training much, so you have a lot of downtime. And I kind of used that downtime to look into opening a facility. Um, So I did that. And that was (laughs) short-lived. I opened my first gym and my landlord was basically throwing us out uh, maybe two months into it. So I ended up uh, merging with a buddy of mine, Anthony. During the time that I wasn't training, I was bouncing into a lot of gyms just to make connections with people and network. And there was this one guy, Anthony Baranta, who's my partner now, um, who I've taken a great liking to. And uh, I remember him telling me about his landlord and he was going through a similar situation so I was like hey do you want to merge and uh, we basically combined both of our membership bases under a new facility and that's where we are now
1: that's where we are now so what does it kind of look like uh, as you're coming up and still competing in CrossFit all right so you're opening the gym and you're also you know competing at a high level what was what was kind of like the split of time for you as you're kind of getting a business up and running off the ground, and you're still, I want to do this sport at a, at a high level?
2: Yeah, so in the beginning, I pretty much lived at the gym. Um, so I'd wake up, do anything that I needed to do, whether that was, I don't know, paint a wall, uh, fit some training in, and then, you know, coach a class, like basically just living and breathing the gym all day, 24 7. Once um, I partnered with Anthony, it was a big relief because we were able to kind of delegate, you know, different duties to each other. Um, So it allowed me to free up some time to focus a little bit more on training and um, eventually focusing on my other ventures that I have.
1: You also have family.
2: Yep. How many kids? Two boys. Uh, My older guy, he'll be 10 In a couple weeks. Wow. uh, August 29th. And then my little guy will be six uh, this October.
1: So now you've had kids. How do do you kind of factor in kids to this equation? Because, you know, Instagram is one thing, right? People see that and they're like, oh, that's what life is. But obviously you're running a gym. You have a family. The kids have their own stuff. You have another lifestyle business. How are you going to managing all this? In your head, physiologically, yeah. <laughs> like all of it, <laughs> literally all of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's always something that I'm continually working on and always trying to evolve with. Um, in the beginning, it was not a great skill set of mine. Um, I'd say over the last two years, I've definitely done a better job at managing that kind of stuff. And it all comes down to a schedule and maximizing the amount of time that you um, allocate towards these things. Um, so my schedule right now, I'll kind of run through my day and what it looks like. I'll wake up five Oh three in the morning. Is that an alarm or natural? That's the alarm. Okay. Five Oh three. I don't know why. I just like weird numbers like that. Five Oh three. I wake up. I get to the gym by about 5:30. write the workout on the board, coach the six that ends at seven. I'll train from seven to nine. You know what I have programmed for that day or what I think I'm going to do. I try to fit it in within that two hours. If I don't, so be it. Um, in the past, I would kind of, if I didn't finish, I would do something later on in the day. But I'm trying to really compartmentalize everything and maximizing the most time. So if I don't finish everything by nine, then that's it for the day. I coach to nine to ten, and then from ten to about two o'clock, I'm doing either programming or design work for Move Fast you know, networking with different vendors, uh, all stuff like that, or doing stuff uh, for my sponsors. And I work closely with Deb, who's my manager. Once two o'clock hits, I make my way home and then it's pretty much family time for the rest of the day. And
1: someone else coaches the back half of the day?
2: Yep. So Anthony does most of the afternoon afternoon classes. Uh, We have a couple of other coaches that are on board.
1: What does whoop strain look like by the time it's two o'clock?
2: By the time it's 2 o'clock, it's usually about around 16-ish, um, which is kind of high, given that it's that early in the day. Um, but it depends on what I'm doing when I'm home, that sometimes it'll only go up a little bit more. Or if, if I did do another workout, or if I'm running around with the kids, that can easily go up to 17, 18, 19.
1: <laughs> For sure. So. Which part of the day is easier?
2: Um, I would say, honestly, the, the first half of my day where everything is very regimented structured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns and things that can happen um, throughout the day with the kids, you know, they can be in their own moods and, you know, if they're feeling cranky, (laughs) they don't want to do their homework and stuff like that. So
1: at what point did you realize that this sort of regimented schedule was the thing that was going to allow you to do all these things? Were you just trying to make it happen before or were you have you always been somebody that's been structured in how you go about the plan
2: never really structured always willing to put in the work um but i think it was when i started to really feel like i was running on fumes is when i said something needs to change and i think you know competing at a high level individually it takes a lot out of you and I kind of made the decision to, from this day forward, I want to go team. It doesn't require as much. It still requires a lot of work, um, but not as much as an, as an individual would. Um, I know that there's some individuals that are putting in, you know, somewhere between three to five hours. I don't really have the, the, the bandwidth for that.
1: Let's talk a little bit about this year. So just before the games, somebody on your team – Pops positive for a banned substance, and unfortunately, the team is not allowed to compete. Yep. Obviously, devastating.
2: Yeah, devastating. It's pretty gutting. I know,
1: still gutting. I'm sure it's going to take a long time. Um, it's coming back. Are we coming back next year?
2: We are coming back next year. Okay. So you heard it here first. Heard it here first. Good.
1: <laughs> that's what that's what the people needed to know. Okay. Small small setback. Um, but coming back strong. For sure. Um, What's the, you know, are you just taking some time off now, or are you focusing more on, you know, move fast? You know, when does the the training get uh, kick-started again, and is the fire even bigger now that this sort of, I'm not going to say missed opportunity, but, you know, the team was probably poised to do quite well yep. this year? Yeah,
2: definitely. Um, I mean, the fire's still there if it's not even more now, like... I didn't joke about it, but I said maybe this is my last year, but I cannot go out on that note. Um, so I'm definitely going to be back next year for sure. i be looking for a, another girl. <laughs> so if you guys are listening in and you're fit and you're in the Long Island area, <laughs> shoot me a DM. I'm taking applications.
1: (laughs) There is a roster spot open for a team that will be going to the games in 2022.
2: Um, But, yeah, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, I really feel for Katie. She genuinely did not know that, you know, there was a banned substance. Um, And after doing even more research, it doesn't even seem like it's something that can aid in performance enhancing, I guess, you know, if you look at stress levels, because that's what it's supposed to help supposed to uh, help manage stress and mood. So if you look at that as a performance enhancer, I guess maybe. But is eating grilled chicken and sweet potato to keep your information down, is that a performance enhancer, you know? So um, I know it wasn't anything malicious, um, but moving forward, I definitely will uh, look into my team members and, you know, question them on what they're taking and and really do my due diligence to make sure that that's not anything I ever have to worry about again.
1: It's kind of one of those situations where it's, the question is not whether or not it, well, it's performance enhancing, but it's, you know, it's just on the list. It's kind of like the Shikari Richardson, like, okay, great. So you smoked and then you still ran fast on everybody. Is that performance enhancing or is it just the rules?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little different because she knows she was smoking,
1: which is. You know, yeah, you know it's against the rules. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think in this instance, it was like purely innocent. Like, she had no idea that this was a, a banned thing. Like, this is something you can get over the counter. It's yeah. next to your melatonin, next to your vitamin C. So it's. Well, same thing in Massachusetts.
1: I guess uh, yeah. yes, yes. You're <laughs> so, right. You're right. So for us, it's very commonplace. You can go, to, you can walk down the street and get anything you want, or have it delivered. So yeah, I guess when we when I when we think about it, sure. it's like yeah, I mean it's totally normal. Yeah. So um, you know the the rules are rules, and and we'll see. But um, do you think that next? So next year you'll be thirty five. After so you do another team. Do you th- see yourself as starting to shift into that uh, masters thirty five thirty nine?
2: Yeah, maybe. Um, You don't think you
1: could could throw down? I know know you could throw down.
2: (laughs) I can throw down. Um, I say it now. I don't know. I got to see what time will tell. Yeah.
1: You've been on how many different CrossFit Games teams?
2: So I've really been at the games one time, and that was 2016. 2019, uh, we qualified, or I guess 2020, we qualified, but then COVID happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So missed out on that year and then qualified again this year. Positive drug test. So missed out on this year. So two back-to-back unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um, How
1: much of that composition was the same from the 2020 team to the 2021 team? Was it three? None of it. None of it?
2: A quarter of it. Me. You. Okay.
1: (laughs) So when you're looking at compiling a team now, what sort of culture... I assume you're kind of the leader of the group. Yep. What do you think is the most important factor of the culture? Of, like, building that culture of, of this, you know, not your future team, but the team this past year even.
2: Yeah, I think it's just people that are willing to work hard and that really like each other. Like, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to want to work next to somebody if you don't really vibe well with them. And I think from the first time that we all... Practice together. Uh, we all gelled pretty well, but um, yeah, moving forward, definitely people that are willing to work hard and that you can vibe well with.
1: What do you think is the most important thing or the most valuable thing you bring to your facility, your uh, your gym as a coach? The uh, the six a.m. class. Maybe the, I don't know if it's the hardest one because it's like a combination of people that are like, this is the only time I can make it. And also the people that are a little bit crazy and are like, I love it this yep, early. Yep. Um, how you kind of mix in the two? And like, I imagine you kind of bring your, your high energy to it, but you know, from a coaching thing, what, what do you want your members to get out of, you know, each session that they get with you?
2: Um, I want them to learn a little something each class, um, have some fun and obviously get fit. Um, And I try to do something every class that they can execute those three things.
1: If somebody was, you know, kind of go down this path of, okay, I just fell in love with CrossFit, I'm getting my L1, and I think I want to open a facility, what advice would you give them?
2: Don't open a facility right away. (laughs) Definitely uh, spend some time uh, coaching athletes and being around the gym setting, Um, just kind of like perfecting your craft and, and finding what type of style that you have and, you know, how it fits into what you would want to present to the world.
1: Is how you hire coaches for your gym different than how you think about teammates? Because they're teammates in a way, but they're also an extension of the brand that you've created.
2: Sure. Um, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, I usually like to hire people that are from within the the affiliate. So we usually don't hire uh like anyone outside. So we kinda like them homegrown. Yeah. So maybe it maybe it's a a member that just really likes to be around the gym a lot. Um, we can work with them that way or somebody that just really has a passion for this stuff. Like we have a few members that just got their L ones just because they just have such a passion for it. So um sometimes we'll look to those members to either coach or do some sort of apprenticeship with us.
1: Do you take them under your wing, or is it just they show interest and they kind of start hanging around and it's kind of uh, the two schools of thought of, like, I'm going to teach you how to swim, or just, like, I'm throwing you in the pool and good luck and you're going to get a little better each time?
2: Yeah, so nowadays it's more of a I'll take them underneath my wing. Um, We like to do a little something where the – Coach spends a certain amount of time just observing and shadowing. Then a little bit of time where they are just doing warm-ups, maybe doing some corrective stuff but not much, and then doing like a cool-down with the class. And then some, sh- some hours where I'm shadowing or Anthony's shadowing that coach through a class. Um, and then once they feel pretty comfortable with that, then we kind of let them roam free.
1: If someone's thinking about, I just talked to Chris Hinshaw for a long time, and hes it's not the first time I've heard this story of people who are from different disciplines or have never done CrossFit before who are like, I'm going to go, and then they look in the door and they walk out. Um, okay. What advice do you have to somebody that's, one, nervous as they see it, and then once you get in to the box and you say, all right, I'm going to do this, what, you know, how how do you think a new member should kind of think about the experience and like their own progress and having realistic expectations? And then even, you know, what, are there any certain movements you're like, why don't you just think about this? Like if you can get the air squad or something like that's the win. Do you have little marks like that for, uh, at move fast or just your perspective on the whole thing? I know that was a lot in that question.
2: Yeah, no, no. Um, pretty much for most new people that come in, we used to do a foundations program where people that were coming in, we'd take them through a, a three-week, three-day-a-week um, foundations program, teach them everything from an air squat to the snatch by the end of it. Um, but we kind of got rid of that only because what ends up happening is a lot of people will forget everything that you just kind of went through them with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what we do now, we kind of just have people jump into the classes and I know for myself and Anthony, we're, we're creative enough that we understand how to scale people back appropriately, that they can walk in, somebody's doing a snatch and all right, you're going to do a light dumbbell snatch today, or we're doing box jumps. You're going to do a step up today, right? We're running. You can't run. uh, We're going to hop on the bike today. You know? So it's just me. And I think it works a little bit better that way only because in my opinion, that person is still sharing the same experience but they're automatically off the bat understanding that oh they make this appropriate for anyone no matter what uh skill set you have or what fitness level you're at
1: so do, when you you see someone's just jumping in so you're going with that um, that formula okay we're going to see how they move and we're going to adjust on the fly how many coaches do you one do you have a class cap yep. and how many co- if one you have class cap?
2: Yes, we have a 20-person class okay. cap.
1: Okay, and is that that's still just one coach? Still one coach. Okay. Um, when, you, when you see this new person, how much time do you feel like you can give to them in the skill portion um, while still giving to your other members?
2: Yeah, that's that whole experience thing. There's a little bit of a fine line. Um, you don't want to spend too much time with that person because then it takes away from your other members. So I think if anybody else that's out there, that does this type of uh, formula, if you struggle with it, try to give them something that is super basic, that it doesn't really need much coaching, that anybody can pretty much pick up. Um, So stick to your things like air squat, maybe front squat, deadlift, strict press, things of that nature. Um, Just because the amount of coaching and technical components with that is... It's very low.
1: Right. So basically foundational movement. Sure. CrossFit. Yep. Okay. Keep it to those. Keep it in the warm-up and then, you know, make sure you scale appropriately. 100%. Would you say that you're more of a power athlete or an endurance athlete? Or are you, like, truly, like, a smack in the middle type of guy?
2: I'd say I'm pretty smack in the middle. Um, in the beginning, I would say I favored more towards power. But now I've, I've put in so much work uh, from an aerobic standpoint that I really enjoy it. And because of it, my power numbers are definitely not as great as they once were. I think age has a little bit to do with it as well. <laughs> but
1: How is, uh, speaking of age, right, you know, like just in general, heart rate variability decreases as we age. Have you kind of found the magic formula to either just maintain your heart rate variability or even increase it?
2: Uh, for me, a lot of it has to do with sleep sleep. Yeah. Okay. I have to make sure that like, I just don't sleep enough.
1: What do you, what would you say sleep on average?
2: Uh, about six to seven hours,
1: six to seven hours. And what kind of quality are you getting? Do you at least sleep for those six to seven hours or are you no. awake a lot?
2: So here's the thing. I'm usually in bed. So like when I look at my stats, my time in bed, sometimes it's nine hours, but I sleep for six, maybe seven hours.
1: Damn. Yeah. What's going on? I don't know.
2: <laughs> like my awake time on the, uh, in the app is usually like an hour and a half. All
1: right, We'll talk about it off air.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we got to figure this out. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot off there.
2: Yep. I mean, I always wake up in the middle of the night to pee at least once. So sometimes twice. So that right there, it takes me a few minutes to go back to sleep. Yeah. Sure. Kids my are advice, old enough. They, that's oh, not yeah, they're, a thing. They're fine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. Not a thing at all.
1: Um, so how much do you feel like what you do through the day is impacting your kind of ability to wind down because you're kind of go, go, go um, in terms of, like, you get up at 5.03, you're at the gym, you're writing the workout, then you're coaching and training, and then you're working on move fast and then more coaching and then and get family. Is there a time in the day where you can just be like, Whew.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite times of the day is when I get home and the kids aren't home from school yet, and it's about, I just have, like, maybe a half hour to 45 minutes just to kind of, like, not hear anybody, <laughs> not be in my own head or anything like that. I usually come home, yeah, make, make lunch and just like, just so that's chill your time. You get about thirty minutes. I get about thirty minutes. Okay, <laughs>
1: and then it's until you go to bed, basically. Yep. I mean, I have a, a almost one year old next week, and oh, wow. uh, solo solo time is, is when he's uh when he's at daycare sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at the at the CrossFit Games, I guess this is it right now. Yeah. So do you have anything that you found is, you know, let's say you woke up and you're a little bit tired. What's the something that like through the day you're just like, I know that this thing's going to at least let me get through besides coffee. Do you like mobilize more? Do you know that like this is the certain type of workout? It's like, uh, like I could do something. I might even do an email, but it's, it would just be like, all right, I'm going to put 40 minutes on the clock and I'm just going to like bike, dumbbell snatch and do something else that just kind of keeps me moving.
2: Yeah, for me, it's, honestly, it's doing some sort of fitness. It allows me to have a, a a more clear head when I work out. And I think it's one of the reasons why I really like to work out first thing in the morning. Just because it allows me to kind of like, all right, one, that's off the plate. Like, I don't have to worry about that for the rest of the day. But two, just after the workout, I guess the endorphins that you release, it just really allows me to, like, be in a better mood, Um, and it just keeps me a little bit more even keeled. I'm definitely a little bit more high strung when I uh, don't, (laughs) when you don't get the workout in, (laughs) have you
1: trained today? Yes. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Do you feel like you, do you make any sort of like lists or like how organized is your next day when you're getting up or when you're going to bed? So do you feel like as you're kind of winding, winding down or at least, you know, getting into bed and trying to go to sleep? Sure. You know, when that alarm goes off, exactly what's going to happen. Or is there a little bit of? I'm not totally sure, and still trying to figure out exactly what the the flow is going to be and things like that.
2: For the most part, I'd say 80% of my day, I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, again, a lot of that has to do with having Deb, my uh, manager. She kind of like structures the focus for move fast. Whether we need to be, whether she needs me to, you know, finish a design so I can submit that, so we can get a production going. Um, whether it's something with a sponsor, I like need to make sure I post for them. So I have to, you know, do some sort of content creation with that. Um, so anything from those standpoints, like she helps to keep me organized and on task with that stuff.
1: You do all the creative work and design work for MoveFast? Yep. Where do you kind of come up with the stuff? Because you have so many different collections. yeah. Yeah. A
2: lot of it has to do with just, uh, inspiration, um, that can come to me at any point. For example, I'll give you an example of the latest one. Um, I'm a big fan of Kanye. Okay. And um, he put out that Donda Mm -hmm. live concert, but I stayed up past my bedtime. Just for it. Just for for it. the live listen. And I put it live at 8 o'clock, because that's when it was supposed to start. And after about an hour... I'm like I'm not doing this anymore because it didn't start. <laughs> it didn't start till 9:45. I found out. Oh man! And all it was showing was uh, people in the venue, like going to their seats or you know walking into the arena. And it was just like this streaming, like security footage, basically. Um, and it said Kanye West presents Donda, and then at the bottom of it, it said, uh, "Stand by. The event will start shortly." So I kind of like got inspired by that and applied it to move fast, lift heavy. So we kind of like used that uh, the same font and the way it was written. So we went move fast, lift heavy, and then at the bottom we said stand by, the fitness will begin shortly, and then our logo underneath it. So so
1: that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the, I mean hearing the creative process for really anybody, and because it. You turn over so many different collections. Um, it's very, very cool. So I just want to reiterate: definitely go check out uh, Move Fast, Lift Heavy stuff. It's very, very cool, and it's always changing. So if yeah, you like, it. if you like something, you should get it because it's not. It will not exist. It does. There are uh, no reruns. It does go pretty quick. <laughs> there are no reruns. Um, where do you have the new Kanye album in the pantheon of Kanye?
2: It hasn't dropped yet.
1: Well, where do you think it's gonna be? Now that now it, that he's got collabs on it again.
2: I think it'll be uh it'll be top 3 I think. Is Kanye because your favorite? He's one of my favorites, yeah. Just from a production standpoint, um the lyricism, he's always got a sound that's very uh very ahead of its time. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, um one of, I think my favorite album is probably Life of Pablo. Oh yeah. Yeah, just because...
1: As like a straight-through listen or yeah, just straight the through, elements?
2: Straight-through listen. Um, there's so many different sounds on it. Um, plus, it's a longer album, so I feel like it's it's something that you can always listen to and not be sick of it, in my opinion.
1: What are your top three Kanye albums? Straight-through straight listen.
2: Straight-through listen, probably Life of Pablo, uh, My Beautiful, Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then... Late registration.
1: Oh, good. I was, I was like, Please don't say like 808. I'm like, man, no. what's this guy? Okay. I agree. I think that that's probably yeah. true. Good choices. Where, if, where can we find you?
2: If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I am Chris Harris. If you want to find the clothing company or the programming, you can go to movefastliftheavy.com. We also give away a free tee for anybody that signs up for the programming. It's only nine ninety nine for right now. Um, so I would definitely try to jump on and what can people expect
1: from that programming like time domain? Yeah,
2: sure. So on the programming side of things, we have three tracks. We have the train with CH. So with that, you're going to follow exactly what I'm doing. Um, you're going to follow that two weeks behind me. So it's great because if there's anything that maybe is a little bit too much, I can kind of tone it back. Um, I also put my workout times in there so people have something to shoot for. Um, but if it's something that's maybe more interval style, like I'll give a specific RPE. This way you can uh, have an idea of how this should feel. Um, so that's a train with CH track. It's usually a, uh, two sessions. You need about two hours to get it all done maybe a little bit more if you're not familiar with some of the movements and you need to like watch through the demo videos and things like that. Um, Then we have our peak program, which is a slight uh, watered-down version of that. It'll probably take you closer to 90 minutes to get done because there's no second session. And then we have our base program, which is basically an A, a B, and a C. It's a strength, a skill, and a Metcon. Will
1: it take about sixty minutes? So close it's basically to the, sixty, to the 60 minutes. minutes. Yep, two, two hours. hours. Yep, awesome. Exactly. Well, congrats on that launching that. It feels Thank like that's you. newish.
2: Yeah, for and sure. Uh, we launched it earlier this year.
1: So that's awesome. Christian posts some great stuff. Uh, some some great and fun challenging workouts. Oh uh, yeah. If you have longer time <laughs> demands, I've played around with a couple. They're they're very good. If you're looking for that forty-five to hour plus stuff of uh, multimodality, skill and endurance. So oh yeah. Um, Thank you, Christian, for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, always appreciate having you. For Part sure. of the Whoop team. Thank you. Cool.
0: Thanks to Christian for coming on the Whoop podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the Whoop podcast, be sure to leave a reading or review. It's a great way to share your feedback and help other people find out about the Whoop podcast. You can check us out on social at Whoop and at Will Ahmed, and you can get 15% off a Whoop membership by using the code Will Ahmed. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.